Superhero Stuff You Should Know is part of the Greenlit Podcast Network. Hey, this is Ben from Superhero Stuff You Should Know, and I have an important announcement for you guys. At the end of every single episode of Superhero Stuff You Should Know, you might hear a shout out to our fans, one of whom is Matt Herring, who was one of the original Superhouse fans. He's always given us his support, and now it's time that we support him. Uh, we've just recently found out that Matt has been diagnosed with stage 4 colon cancer. And as a cancer survivor myself, I know personally that there's a lot of emotional and financial strain that comes into that. Uh, his wife, Kelly, has set up a GoFundMe account at gofundme.com slash f slash Matthew hyphen kicks hyphen cancer 039s hyphen butt. Uh, and hopefully you can help reduce the financial strain to that as well as some of the emotional strain that comes with that. Again, that's gofundme.com slash F slash Matthew dash kicks dash cancer 039S dash butt. Matt Herring was the first, I guess you could say, true Superhouse fan. We were Superhouse at that time. You know, the first fan of this podcast and what we do here and um, has always supported us, talked about us, and um, he's from a town close to where I'm from, and uh, so we share that as well, and just a huge superhero fan, and, you know, nerd like the rest of us, and now he's going through that, and uh, if you could donate just at least any amount of money to that link that Ben just said, that would be truly appreciated just hang in there matt you'll beat this thing soon my name is chris o'donnell i am 45 years old hold on robin let's let's get let's let the young people talk here i am here to save gotham from what's his name again mr freeze mr freeze let's go get him Freeze, we're here to stop your plan to freeze over Gotham. Oh, you'll never stop me, Batsman. I plan on freezing over all of Gotham. Now that I've got all my bright and shiny diamonds and put them in this big rating on the tower, uh, what the fuck do you call it? The planetarium! Ah, yes. I put all the diamonds in there and I'm freezing all of Gotham. First Gotham, and then the world! And then I think after that, I will somehow have enough money to to cure my wife of McGregor Syndrome, stage four. Hold on a second. So your plan to save your wife is to freeze over Gotham and then the world. And then you said you would have enough money to help your wife out. Yes, that's right. Is that correct? You've got it. You're very smart. You are definitely the world's uh, greatest detective. Uh, yes, freeze everything i will feel your bones turn to ice in my hands so excuse me bobbling my head here it's just what i do but it does make me wonder how exactly are you getting this money freeze if you're just going to be turning the whole world into ice oh you know the first the freezing then the ice and then the money what's so hard to understand about that is is it my accent your accent, despite the fact, is really thick, but I can understand what you're saying. I don't understand a single nice thing. thing he's saying. Uh, I'll get you your hearing aid later, Robin. What is he? What is he saying? 
Is he a Nazi? He's not a Nazi. That was way back. You know what? Just put the hearing hearing aid back in your ear. Okay, but no, I, I can't believe I forgot this. Okay, continue. Okay, so, Mr. Freeze, there's just no connection between freezing the world and getting money for your wife. Couldn't you just, I don't know, start a GoFundMe or something? I, I never really considered that or thought about it. I just figured... Gotham City is cold-hearted, like I am. Do you think they would really uh, go for this GoFundMe thing you're talking about and maybe, you know, help me help out my wife? It's not just Gotham City. It's an international thing. You could raise money that way. Just set up a website. I could even help you. It's very easy. You just get on Wix or Squarespace or something like that, and then you it's fine. I mean, I don't know why you're doing all this other bullshit. It's, it's like, fucking put down this gun and pick up a fucking keyboard. Fucking, you piece of shit. What are you doing with this freezing shit? I, I... And that's coming from a senior citizen, Robin. I know coding and shit. I took coding by Carly Kloss. She was a Victoria's Secret model once. Well, I... I this is actually true. I, I suppose I'll take advice from this foul-mouthed old man dressed as a little boy. And, you know, I was a... I was a highly respected scientist and dicathlete before my accident, so maybe the whole working on the computer thing is not that far-fetched and it's still in my wheelhouse. You know, I would take you more seriously, especially with the accent, if you weren't wearing those fucking polar bear slippers. Hey, you know, I like to be comfy. You don't know what it's like running around in this big metal tin can suit all the time with the hoses and the and the LED lights. It's... It's just very uncomfortable. Sometimes I like to just relax a little bit in my cute little polar bear slippers and my rubber robe that looks kind of like a shower curtain. You know, I'll take what little comfort I can get from this cold, icy world. I think we're going off track here. Mr. Freeze, I think we can set up a GoFundMe for you and that'll help save your wife. Bruce Wayne can also make a donation that'll be very charitable, and uh, you do not have to freeze the world. I don't even know how you jump from this to saving your wife, but this is not going to do shit for your wife, quite frankly. Yeah, what he said. All right, all right, you've you've uh, melted the heart of this uh, evil snowman, and I think that now I'm going to follow your advice and, and make a GoFundMe page, you know, Use the internet to my advantage instead of just getting in arguments with preteen boys when I'm trying to play video games. Got to use it for good. Good for once. Yes, good. Uh, by the way, I, I could use a cure for stage 4 McGregor syndrome. My brother has it. You would be able to help me, right? Oh yeah, no problem. But I got these two little vials of, of shit in my wrist here in my suit. Let me open it up for you. Oh, there we go. Uh... You know, I don't know why I carry it around with me. You think this would be something important I keep in the vault. But you know what? I'm going to tell you right now that you can take two and call me in the morning. <laughs> That's a good one. <laughs> what is he saying?
Meanwhile, the Hall of Justice, superhero stuff you should know, continues the deep dive into the Snyderverse. Yes, welcome to our show. It is I, once again, the man who knows too much about Batman, and I am joined, as usual, by my co-host. Tis I, everyone. We begin a new journey, a continuation, if you will, or a possible continuation <laughs> into the Snyderverse. Yes. It's Andrew. And uh, we couldn't go into the Snyderverse of Zack Snyder's Justice League without another Zack. It is Zack Brown who is with us today. Ah, 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 ah. <laughs> That's right, Ben. Who, <laughs> if I wasn't here, who's going to give you the reach around? <laughs> uh, Robin, I guess. <laughs> so, uh, what? So we finished uh, We finished Zack Snyder's Justice League, but we're not done with the Snyderverse, not by a long shot. So we might be done with the movies, but we're getting to territory that uh, is actually going to be even more fun for us and for you, which is the unmade territory. Specifically, Justice League 2 and 3. Now, we hope that there's a Justice League 2 and 3. However, I'm going specifically today into Zack Snyder's Justice League trilogy. Essentially stuff that is not going to happen. Uh, or... Uh, will happen, but in an altered form. So, to explain what I mean, uh, the Justice League trilogy, uh, or it's a pentology if you want to include Man of Steel and Batman vs. Superman in there, but uh, Justice League 1, 2, and 3 were all pretty much mapped out uh, around the time that Batman vs. Superman was filming, and a lot of the ideas in the original Justice League, uh, first Justice League, did not make it into Zack Snyder's Justice League. So, uh, what we're covering today are some of the unused ideas that did not make it into Zack Snyder's Justice League, that didn't even make it into the Snyder Cut. And Justice League 2 and 3 are sequels to that version, not sequels to the uh, ones that we saw on HBO Max. So uh, the plans for Justice League 2 and 3 were presented at an exhibit earlier this year called The Dreamscapes of Zack Snyder's Justice League, located in Dallas, Texas. And they had storyboards drawn by comic book extraordinaire Jim Lee himself, and uh, as well as the outlines by Chris Terrio and Zack Snyder on what those were going to be. But before we get into that, I want to go into the unused ideas for Justice League 1. So one of those was that, and it's kind of an idea that is implied in the Snyder Cut, but ironically shown more in the Whedon Cut, which is the idea that humans can get turned and into parademons. Uh, apparently, there is concept art going around of Batman in the lair of the parademons that's basically a factory of them turning humans into parademons, and Batman was going to discover that. The studio told him that he can't shoot that. It was too scary. So that was out. Another thing that Lame. came up... Yep, I know. Yeah. Uh, but another <laughs> thing that came up is actually something that addresses a thing that people bring up. They're just like, if Superman's back from the dead... How is Clark Kent back? How do you explain that without people knowing Superman and Clark Kent's true identity? I teased this in the last episode. Uh, well, let's go back into the black suit. Snyder wanted Superman in the black suit, partially as a way to embrace his Kryptonian origins. I know that, yes, he does wear it in the comics because it's a recovery suit, and in the movie he goes up to the sun with it. However, I don't know if Cavill Superman really needs to recover considering how much he kicked everyone's asses. Uh, when he got resurrected. So uh, I don't think it was just that he wanted the black suit to represent Clark embracing his Kryptonian side, as established in the fact that the black suit is shown in Man of Steel during that hallucination that Zod instills in him. It is implied to me in reading the sequels that the idea was that when Superman comes back from the dead, 
he decides to be full Kryptonian. He decides to be Superman 24-7. Clark Kent is dead. Superman is who he's going to be in the black suit the whole time, which is why they don't explain how Clark Kent comes back from the dead because Clark Kent doesn't come back from the dead Okay. in this arc. So that's interesting. And Zack that Snyder's original that. intention is like for the, right. for the rest of the Snyderverse, Clark Kent is dead. Yeah, and the idea is for him to eventually grow back into being able to have that double identity. And at that point, then he gets the red and blue suit back. What does that hint at to you? I, I get a definite vibe from this. Kingdom of, Come. Kingdom Come. A little bit. A little, you'll see. You'll see. He's not this, wearing this the glasses. Something. He doesn't want to wear the glasses. That's, that's true. Whole yeah, Wonder yeah. Woman at the end is like, here's, <laughs> yeah, your, true, true. here's your glasses. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's a, there's a little bit of that. There's a little bit of that. So uh, there is one big thing, though, that was supposed to be in Justice League 1 that they just did not did not make it into the scenario that did not make it to production. WB nixed it. And it's probably the most controversial aspect to it, but it affects the plans for Justice League 2 and 3. So I'm going to have Zack Snyder himself Tell us Shit, what that today. idea was. So, Zach, <laughs> Mr. Steiner, I realize that you had uh, different plans for that. Tell us uh, what exactly those were. You got it, Ben. <laughs> the intention was that Bruce fell in love with Lois and then realized that the only way to save the world was to bring Superman back to life. So, he had this insane conflict because Lois, of course, was still in love with Superman. We had this beautiful speech where Bruce said to Alfred, I never had a life outside the cave. I never imagined a world for me beyond this. But this woman makes me think that if I could get this group of gods together, then my job is done. I could quit. I can't stop. And of course, that doesn't work out for him. <laughs> 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 so, original idea was for Bruce and Lois to be having a romance in their grief over what happened to Superman during Justice League. Thoughts on this? Oh, that's a no-no. I don't like it. Okay. Andrew, <laughs> that just is... Uh, mm. Zach, continue. Well, I was just going to say that it seems like it's bringing up conflict again between Batman and Superman, and I feel like it's important that we are past that point in any storylines. It just makes it kind of muddy. Mm. Andrew. This is talking about Batman fucking Lois Lane? Yeah. Um, <laughs> they're trying to do him and Wonder Woman at the same time? Uh, the, there was there were no plans for a Batman-Wonder Woman romance in this version. Oh, oh okay. It was um, going to be Bruce, Lois, and Clark. It's in one bed. No, it's just... The <laughs> devil's three-way. <laughs> Polyamory, everybody. Um, yes. But, uh, you know, I don't know. Um, that's probably happened in the comics before, I would assume. I mean, it happened in the Bruce Timverse. Oh, but, yeah, that's right. That's right. That's right. That's right. You know, that's, that's at a different point. So uh, I think this is fascinating, honestly, because it's like it does create more of a dramatic impact on a personal level for Bruce to bring Superman back to life. Outside of the obvious one in the Zack Snyder's Justice League, where it's like if we bring him back to life, it might wake in the mother box, which will then alert Steppenwolf type of thing. So it is fascinating. I'm not, I'm partially glad it's not in it. However, it does lead to some interesting stuff in the sequel. So there, this does lead into other stuff that I'm glad to go into, which is in Justice League parts two and two A. It isn't even called Justice League three. 
it w- what, real quick, it would have been would have made a really good setup for BVS. Like, okay, I know why they're fighting now. Goddamn, right? Yeah. This makes exactly. a lot of sense. Yeah, I actually would have liked it happen then if they did that way. Mm. You know, let's talk about some fucking you know relatable ass conflict. You right. Know? <laughs> so, but yeah, no. Instead, it happens afterwards, and he you know decides to end his relationship with Lois and bring Superman back to life. Which then leads into Justice League 2 and 2A, as it's weirdly called. So uh, this was put together again by Zack Snyder, Chris Terrio, and the art for the storyboard was done by Jim Lee. And it was all done on these uh, like whiteboards uh, and stuff. And uh, this is what it is. So I'm just going to read it off because they're short enough for us to go into. Uh, quote, although originally pitched as one film, we believe the character arcs of our heroes and villains, along with the epic battle with Darkseid, which unites the League, the world and the entire DC universe warrants two more films. However, this does not mean that you have two films centered on Darkseid's invasion. Rather, Justice League 2 would be a very grounded, personal, and character-driven film that would follow the Justice League both together and separately as they mend old wounds on the road to becoming better and stronger heroes, while Lex Luthor recruits a league of his own. So this is actually what Whedon was hinting at in the post credit sequence. A league of his own. He's going to have a baseball team, y'all. He's going to have a baseball team. <laughs> He's going to set up a 30 stadium. year old reference. <laughs> He's going to give them point. uniforms. <laughs> um, his league is will be made up of revenge driven villains introduced in the hero solo films. So for Wonder Woman, we get Dr. Maru, aka Dr. Poison. Remember that lady from Wonder Woman oh, 2017? Shit. She would still be alive in present day. So she's part of this Injustice League. Uh, for The Flash, apparently, the villain they were thinking of at the time in tw- for the 2018 Flash movie that was never made was Leonard Snart, a.k.a. Captain, Captain Cold. Captain Cold. Yep. Uh, and then from Aquaman 2018, this was the only one that seemed to actually end up working, was uh, Orm and Black Manta. Both of them would actually be part of the Injustice League. So that brings back Patrick Wilson. And uh, how do you pronounce his name? I don't want to butcher it. Oh, Yaya, I think. Yaya, okay, okay, Yaya. Yeah, I think, I think so, it's Yaya. Okay, so it would bring him back as Black Manta. And then from Ben Affleck's The Batman, The Riddler. So apparently at the time... Hmm. Deathstroke was not going to be the villain for the Batman. It was going to be Riddler. And it's funny how things turn out because now the Riddler is the villain for Matt Reeves, the Batman. Mm-hmm. So, but yeah, at the time, they were assuming it would be Justice League 1. Then you would get the Flash movie, Aquaman movie, Ben Affleck's the Batman. And then we would come back to Justice League 2. Uh, it says here, like Empire Strikes Back and the last Harry Potter films, Justice League 2 would end with a cliffhanger. Uh, and uh, I'm not even going to reveal what that says because it already spoils what I'm about to get into. So I'm just going to okay. skip over to what Justice League 2 was going to be, and it was supposed to come out in 2019. Ah, <sighs> damn it. Okay. late. They fucked up on that one. Yeah. <laughs> so it says, The Justice League United. We opened with the Justice League in acting during a natural disaster, working as the efficient, powerful team they've become weeks after Justice League won. They act together, they save lives, but they're refugees, so political tension is high. The world is on edge. In the aftermath, the Justice League regroup at the only headquarters they know, the Batcave. Okay, so I guess the Hall of Justice hasn't been built yet. Flash is enthusiastic, while Superman remains a bit distant, at least with Batman. Understandable, considering that this guy almost killed him. Uh, And Aquaman is facing a continued skepticism of the surface world and his involvement in it by the people of Atlantis. Wonder Woman relates to Arthur, her people abandoned this world long ago. It is clear that although the the League, the Justice League, is united, the world is not. The League goes back to their individual lives to mend old wounds, except for Batman, who's dealing with fresh ones left alone in the cave. That fresh one being Lois Lane. 
Bruce secretly meets with Lois, both of them still searching for Lex Luthor. There's tension between them since Superman has returned. The meeting ends after Lois tells Bruce that Superman needs her more than ever. Bruce knows Lois is hiding something else. All right, moving on to the next part. Lex Luthor starts recruiting his own league. Meanwhile, deep in the Brazilian jungle, Lex locates Dr. Poison, or Dr. Maru, still alive and experimenting on herself, prolonging her life and testing new chemical weapons on unfortunate human lab rats. Like an obsessed stalker, Maru has spent decades collecting, has spent decades, sorry, uh, collecting information and artifacts on Diana and the Amazons. Now that Diana has become known to the world, Lex offers Maru a chance at revenge, the same revenge he wants on Diana's friends, Superman and Batman. Maru accepts, and Lex smiles, saying, uh, let the games begin, or let it begin. Uh, in the Atacama Desert, with Maru's help, Lex breaks out Orm and Black Manta out of a desert prison where they were imprisoned at the end of Aquaman 2018. Uh, I guess the original plans for Aquaman 2018, because in the actual movie, Orm is just taken to the Atlantean prison, and Black Manta is found by Randall Park, a.k.a. Jimmy Woo from WandaVision. Uh, that was all shot in reshoots, too. That's public yes. knowledge. Yes. All the Jimmy Woo stuff. I mean, yeah. not Jimmy Woo. <laughs> <laughs> Randall, Randall Park. <laughs> Randall Park. Randall Park yes. is his name. Yes. His actual real name. Uh, okay. Sorry for the Aquaman spoilers, Zach, but you should have seen it. Uh, you need to see that movie, man. Either Have you seen Shazam? You said we weren't going to talk about it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, have Surprise. you seen Shazam? You seen I have Sh- not seen Shazam. That's your homework. Both those movies are still Hey, is. you need to read Dark Knight Returns. <laughs> That's right. I'll read it. I'll read it. You I'll read, read it, it, I'll watch it. <laughs> okay. All right. Uh, outside of Central Prison, I mean Central City, in Iron Heights Penitentiary, Lex finds Len Snart, a.k.a. Captain Cold, and he was left, I guess, in Iron Heights, and offers Len a chance to advance his weaponry and take down the fastest man alive. Intercut Lex and the villains with the Justice League returning to their lives. So, Justice League is doing well, but Lex is forming the Injustice League. In Metropolis, Superman asks Lois when she was going to tell him. uh, And she says, tell you what, Clark? And Superman says he can hear the second heartbeat. And she shouldn't call him Clark. Clark is dead. The world believes that, too. Superman mistakes Lois' hesitation for fear and says it won't hurt you. As in, the baby won't hurt you. Uh... At the Louvre in Paris, Diana and Manelope, who's the Amazon... It says here, the Amazon who came to warn Diana about Steppenwolf. I'm guessing this is in the original Justice League 1 plans. Hmm. Uh, Manelope is the one, I believe, who's among the Amazons in the actual movie who says to Queen Hippolyta, like, men won't know what that signal means, and Hippolyta is just like, she will. So that's that character. But Diana and Manelope discover there may be a way to remember the path back to Themyscira. So this is kind of planted from Justice League 1, remember? Because it is kind of set up in a way, don't you think, that Diana is yearning to go back yeah. at the end of Justice League 1, where she's got that arrow? Yeah, yeah. So, uh, it says, Diana must use the lasso on herself to unlock her mind. Wow. Uh, so this Never is thought cool. about that, actually. Yeah. Uh, hmm. It says, it's a dangerous process, but Diana wants to help Penelope go back home, and Diana wants to see her mother again, even if she might reject her. So this is interesting stuff for to set one woman on a path uh, for. So Diana puts the lasso on, and suddenly she's overwhelmed by visions. In the beginning, they're wonderful. For the first time in over a century, Diana sees her home, soaring over the island. She sees the Amazons, and finally her mother. But then her visions grow dark. Diana sees herself as the god of war. Now, Ares is gone because of the 2017 Wonder Woman movie, but I guess we have a replacement, right? We have Diana potentially becoming the god of war. That's cool. She's, she sees herself as the, ba- as the god of war in the battle with Superman, and as she kills Superman, Diana cries out. 
That's cool. Uh, Manelope frees Diana from the lasso. So now Wonder Woman is seeing visions in this version. She sees a nightmare vision. I'm not 100% sure. I think there probably was still a nightmare vision in the original plans for Batman. So Diana now has her own nightmare vision here. Uh, despite the pain and confusion, Diana remembers the way home thanks to this experience of the lasso. Uh, next part. In the Central City Courthouse, Barry is at the hearing. Thanks to Cyborg, Iris, and a troop of lawyers from Wayne, the state has examined new evidence that Barry and Vic have presented and agreed to reopen Henry Allen's case. Barry's elated. Along an underwater continental shelf, Aquaman and Mira are in a final are in a violent battle with the last of the Seven Kingdoms, the Unseen. It explodes around They're tidal in pools. a public legal battle of a divorce. Aquaman's like, I object. Yeah. <laughs> uh, let's see. It explodes around tidal pools and active lava flows. Arthur has the seventh king on the ground, his trident at his throat. The seventh king tells him to kill him. Arthur says he wants an alliance, but the seventh king refuses. Arthur leaves, frustrated. The last kingdom refuses to, igni- to unite. So Aquaman is having trouble uniting Atlantis, basically. Uh, in the Batcave, Cyborg upgrades the cave, even providing a female AI voice for Alfred, who has become a father figure of sorts. I'm a little confused for this, by how this is written. They're saying a female AI voice for Alfred? I think they mean they just hook him up with Siri or something. I don't think they mean that, <laughs> that Alfred is now a female AI voice. Yeah, Alfred's talking to a Siri. I think so, yes. That's what it is, right? Siri, yeah. could you make the tea? Because I'm bloody sick of making it. So, uh, <laughs> finally, a butler for me, <laughs> goddamn. In the I, weeks since Justice League, he's become decrepit and can't do anything yes. himself. <laughs> I drank too much when the apocalypse was happening. Uh, looking at the empty cave around them, Cyborg asks Alfred, why is he never home? And Alfred solemnly replies, because then he'd have to face himself. So, hmm. that's somewhat deep. Uh, Batman and Lois are on the hunt for Lex Luthor together. Batman moves deep into the Canadian wilderness and they find Wolverine. No, they don't know <laughs> yeah, wow, Could you imagine? <laughs> Peaks my interest on this motherfucker here today. <laughs> we have a tie-in yeah. to the Wolverine movie. Um, we no, got Doctor following... Doom and the Source Wall, and <laughs> this is a hell of a crossover. Uh, <laughs> let's see, following up on a lead that Lex may have been sighted in one of the remote towns, he fights his way through a secret location, only to discover not Lex Luthor hiding out, but the Riddler. Awake for days and maybe weeks, Riddler has a long, unkept beard, his fingers dirty, his rantings written across the walls of his cabin. Is his beard also in a question mark? Yes. <laughs> it's curled yes. up. And Jim Carrey is back as the Riddler. In this <laughs> That's all oh, I shit. want. I want yeah. Jim Carrey back, really. If they if they bring back Alfred Molina and shit for Spider-Man, yeah. <laughs> for the love of God, please bring back Jim Carrey for this fucking yes. multiverse shit. Honestly, I think he's at a good age to fight Affleck because, like, Affleck's already like forty something, you know. Dude, yeah, it would be so cool. I'm so yeah. down. So, uh, Jim Carrey's Riddler, we've now declared it is Jim Carrey's Riddler. Uh, looks at Batman, a man possessed, and he says, "Luther asked the question. I had to know the answer." So he's got <laughs> something going on. Um, Lois is also on Luther's trail. She located Doctor Maru's lair in the Brazilian jungle. Lois writes everything in a journal, keeping it offline and private. She grows pale as she realizes who Maru is and what Lex might be up to. He's forming a team of his own. Back in the Canadian wilderness, where Wolverine is not present, unfortunately, Batman Mm -hmm. faces off against the Riddler. He tells Bruce about how Lex came to him for information. Lex presented the anti-life equation, the riddle of life itself. And the Riddler solved it. The Riddler solves the anti-life equation in Justice League 2. Wow, they're going balls to the walls. This is like Injustice. <laughs> yeah, 
He knows what it can do, and once it's unlocked, Lex will make life meaningless. So the Riddler raises a gun, but points it at his own head and says, time to solve the last riddle, and kills himself. What? Oh. Why would he do that? Well, he already had a movie of his own with Ben Affleck, so I guess uh, it's the end of... Plus, given how things are about to go, because I've read what's going to happen, he's probably uh, sparing himself. So, so Riddler, Riddler with, with too much knowledge of the universe, too much cosmic knowledge... Uh, it, he's like, well, this I'm I'm too much too long for this world or whatever. Yeah, is that, pretty that's, much. That's kind of what it is. It's like pretty much he's rather overload and he's like done. This fate is better than what's in store for him. I gotcha. Some Doctor Strange shit. No, I get yeah. it. I get you. I get you. I don't know. I feel like the Riddler's ego would never allow that. There could be if it's something really cosmic. If we like get that, cosmic, it could, yeah, could yeah, overload it. it could just be. completely altered him. Yeah. yeah, his personality. Yeah, huh. but yeah. So nothing this, in Gotham would get over Riddler's ego. Yeah, but, but this kind of thing maybe. The right? multiverse. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I wouldn't want to see Jim Carrey do that though. Yeah. No. So never mind. Forget that casting. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the Justice League members unite with their families. Uh, whoever does have a family. So Wonder Woman and Manelope arrive in Themyscira. Diana is unsure what her mother's reaction will be, but a cheerful, enjoyed Hippolyta embraces her. The Queen declares there will be a celebration unlike any other in Amazon history. Her daughter is home. In the oceans, Aquaman and Mera bring the final kingdom of the Seven, the Unseen, into their alliance. For the first this time since the Atlantis Unite the Seven, Seven was all about with the fucking yeah. posters back in the day? Aquaman unites the Seven in Justice League 2. Yeah. Well, fuck hmm. me. Uh, for the first time <laughs> since Atlantis sank, it is once again united. So Aquaman accomplishes what no other, uh, you know, Aqu- Atlantean king will do. Thanks to his shit. Shit. <laughs> yeah. Thanks to your <laughs> shit. <laughs> <laughs> that was your line, Zach. I don't know why you're laughing. We, we entertain ourselves, I, dude. We, we just we just entertain ourselves here on this podcast. So it uh, was so great to listen to again. <laughs> I gotta say, because I can't hear myself when I say it. Yeah, so like to hear real, it yeah. later, I'm like, oh, that was nice. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> in, in Central City, for the first time since he was a kid, there is no wall of glass between Barry and Henry Allen. Henry Allen is released from prison, exonerated. Barry's about to tell his father who he is, that he is the Flash. In Metropolis, Lois returns to Superman, tells him she will accept Clark is gone, but she has to go, still on the trail of Lex, because she's still a reporter. If Clark's not a reporter, but Lois still is. Uh, in Gotham, Batman returns from the wilderness, shaken by the Riddler's proclamation. Intercut with Lois discovering from General Swanwick that Lex has the three mother boxes. Lex activates his plan. So Lex's stuff actually involves Darkseid. It's not just an Injustice League type of thing with the Legion of Doom. Unfortunately, there's no Darth Vader helmet headquarters in this mm. version. <laughs> it is all a plan to get to Darkseid in the anti-life equation. Meanwhile, so, at the Hall of Doom. <laughs> <laughs> it says, uh, okay, at Three Rivers, helicopters survey the area. Lex is on the scene, his team elsewhere. But in contact with him, Lex activates the mother boxes. His true plan to destroy the Justice League and take the secret power called the anti-life equation for his own. It will Dang. give him power over all living life. The anti-life equation glows as Lex turns on the boxes. Cyborg blinks, feeling a horrible emptiness as the influx of data stops for the first time since he first went online. And a boom tube erupts in front of Lex, surprising him, emerging from the portal, Dasad, the horrific sadistic <laughs> servant of his master. Darkseid, and then Darkseid <laughs> emerges behind him. Darkseid takes the power of the anti-life equation from Lex Luthor. It's like, you little bitch. So I've Superman been using you the whole time. <laughs> 
In the Batcave, <laughs> Superman, Batman, and Lois regroup. They learn of Darkseid's arrival. Superman tells Batman, this is a fight among the gods. She's my world, he tells Bruce. Protect her. Superman flies off to confront Darkseid. And if you remember in BVS, when he goes to, in the Nightmare Vision, where, he, where Affleck's all chained up, and he's like, she was my world, and, she took, and you took her from me. Now we get the context for that. So after Superman leaves, Bruce and Lois argue. Bruce, Bruce knows she's pregnant. Lois ends the argument by telling Bruce, you're not the father. So we got a little bit of a Mari crossover in this. She tries to tell, she tries oh, to tell Bruce about what she's discovered with what Lex is planning, but he won't listen because he's heartbroken over the fact that you know, she's raising Clark's son uh, or daughter. Uh, at the Three Rivers, taking in Darkseid's arrival, Lex tells Darkseid that Darkseid has the power to kill Superman. Darkseid moves forward, acknowledging Lex. He says to Lex, I don't want him dead. I want Superman to submit. Lex says, the girl. She's the key to breaking his spirit. Superman arrives and a battle of Darkseid erupts. So we're getting we're heading into a third act territory here. Darkseid boom tubes over to the Batcave to Lois Lane, the Batcave collapsing around her and Batman at his arrival. Bruce looks down at Darkseid and Lois from behind the glass wall above. Darkseid stares at Lois. Bruce is overwhelmed. What can he do? Bruce, uh, Superman flies at incredible speed to Gotham. He arrives just in time to see Darkseid unleash his omega beams from his eyes, turning Lois Lane into ash. Dang. Superman cries out, his soul shatters. Grief-stricken, he moves to tear Darkseid apart, but Darkseid gazes at him, the power of the anti-life coursing through his veins. Superman stops, his mind infected by Darkseid. Bruce watches it all in horror. Superman grabs his head in pain, eyes burning. Before Lois was able to warn everyone, Lex had signaled his team to attack. So on Themyscira, Dr. Poison, Dr. Maru, unleashes a chemical gas that covers the entire island and kills the Amazons, including Diana, who dies in her mother's arms. Maru herself dies a sick and twisted smile on her face in atlantis orm and black manta attack the coronation killing arthur mira barely surviving herself a cut across her face in central city lex attacks flash uh lex attacks in central city len aka captain cold i don't know why they call him len so easy to say lex instead captain cold attacks flash with his amped up weapons courtesy of lex luthor blowing cyborg apart and losing his lower half uh, okay. Back at Batcave, the Batcave, Batman watches in horror as Darkseid takes full control of Superman. Superman turns on Batman, and he bar- and Batman barely escapes. Lex believes he's won. He comes face to face with Superman, and Superman looks at Lex with burning red eyes and lights him on fire. So there goes Jesse Eisenberg. As Lex screams, the world goes to red. So just to recap, Lois Lane dead, Wonder Woman and the Amazons dead, Doctor Poison dead, Arthur dead, uh, Cyborg ripped in half. Kind of like in the Whedon cut. Uh, and uh, <laughs> Batman is on the run. And we cut to five years later. Sand dunes, smoldering solar pits, gothic spires rising from the desert. Once this was Gotham. Now, like the rest of Earth, it belongs to Darkseid. Coming over the doom, post-apocalyptic Batman, a.k.a. the Nightmare Batman. With a ragtag yeah. army of rebels, the surviving members of the Justice League walk over the rise of a dune to see the dilapidated Wayne Manor. Batman leads them. Flash drags what's left of Cyborg behind him. Bruce looks up to the sky grimly and says, we need to get inside before night. He's coming. End of movie. Damn, that's a hell of a movie there, boy. So what do you guys think? That was (laughs) Justice League 2. You know, other than the whole, like, Batman and Lois thing, I don't really like that. Mm -hmm. I like, I mean, it sounds pretty cool. I like the the lead-in to the whole nightmare universe and how that happened so yeah that's pretty cool i don't 
I think it's maybe it's because we haven't seen any other Flash stuff. If yeah. uh, if Captain Cold was a a villain in the Flash movie, maybe that would make sense. I yeah. almost wish it was Reverse Flash more because I feel yeah. like Captain Cold. If you read like those comics, he's got more of a a moral compass, and yeah. he's not really that evil. But I can see the Reverse Flash wanting revenge. Mm-hmm. on Flash and to do all these terrible things. So that would be really cool. And uh, the Dr. Poison thing was really awesome. I think that's a, a I would, I totally forgot about her being in Wonder Woman yeah, and no. the fact that she could still be alive. She's pretty creepy looking. So yeah. overall, yeah, that sounds pretty cool. I even, uh, I, I do like the Riddler stuff, uh, even if he does end up shooting himself. The fact that he could, he would solve the anti-life equation is kind of cool. So mm-hmm. uh yeah, it, it sounds pretty awesome. Andrew. Lots of death. Holy shit. This would be like a whole, like, crazy, like, second act. Like, they always want to make, like, like Empire, right? It's like the darkest of a trilogy. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, mission accomplished with that one. Um, <laughs> I like Lex Luthor thinking he's got the upper hand, but he doesn't because it's fucking yeah. dark side. Yeah. Yep. Um, and, man, now all I can think of is Jim Carrey Riddler coming back. As like, <laughs> as like really, um, what you call it, like even more eccentric and old, mm-hmm. and then I, I, it w- it would be interesting to see him like actually kill himself in in that <laughs> in that way. Um, that's w- I could accept that I think, and um, I guess this is different. Like a lot of the Amazons already die in Justice League One, right? In the Zack Snyder cut. Yeah, but they I mean, fall they off have that whole- cliff. Yeah, but they have that whole army charging at Steppenwolf. Yeah. Oh, so there's still some survivors. Oh, that's there's right. There's a ton of survivors, yeah. There's a ton of survivors. So so even more of them die. They're definitely like an endangered species at that point. Yeah, um, yeah it's fucking nuts. It's balls to the walls. It's cool, yeah, it though. Is, I yeah. mean, shit. I mean, you know, at this point, after seeing Zack Snyder's Justice League and the four-hour cut and everything. Yeah. Just let them do it, man. Just let them fucking make, make <laughs> Even though all the beans have been spilled, only the super nerds like us have really read yeah. the shit. So yeah. just fucking... Fucking even I actually I haven't read it because I fucking wanted to wait for you to say it in right, this podcast. Yeah, yeah. So, <laughs> but but you know like even a lot of it's like spilled, they could still do it. It'd be, they'd also have to change a few things. So I just wanted to note like some of this stuff doesn't quite match up to the vision that we saw in Justice League right, One that right, Cyborg right. gets. So in that version, Wonder Woman is like dead and on that funeral pyre, and it doesn't look like it looks like there are other Amazons alive at that point. Right, right, and right. then you got Darkseid, you know, skewering Aquaman. In Atlantis, so that seems a little different versus uh, Lex lose it, using the Injustice League to take them out. Right, but uh, that is that would have been Justice League two. So when we get back from the break, we will cover how the hell we're all going to get out of this in Justice League oh, three. Shit. Catch you after the break. We're the Spirit Hunters, and we're a show that treats Hunter Hunter and Yu Hakusho's author as the center of the universe. Some weeks, we do linguistic analysis. So the Chinese meaning of this character is to smelt or refine. But so the changed meaning in Japanese, it means to temper. Other times, we get absolutely smashed. So we take one shot every time. Yusuke uses the ray gun. One hour later. This is the least coherent episode. Oh, I'm Sarah, you're... I think your apartment is you can find out more about the Spirit Hunters right here on the Greenlit Podcast Network. Hello, Damien. I'm here for Batman. I found new information for a case. Is he somewhere around here? Hal Jordan, how's it going, man? Bats is out 
fucking taking a shit or something. Uh, let me take a look at that and lift up my cape real quick as I lift up my arm to grab it. Damien, I know what you're trying to do, and that's not really how the ring works. Oh, shit, man. Fuck. Uh, alright, anyway, let me take a look at this. Sorry about that, man. No problem. Okay, so, uh, what am I looking at here? This thing looks like a fucking, like, meteor or some shit? Yes, this meteor comes from another planet. I was hoping Bats would help me out here and help clear the area so that people won't be- Why are you still flashing your cape like that? Still nothing? You don't feel anything. <sighs> it's when I use the ring on the specific object. If that object is yellow. Isn't the ring, like, making your suit right now, though? Yes, but that's a- that, actually, that is a good point. I should break that up to the Guardians. Why isn't it affected by yellow? You actually bring up a good point, Damien. Hey, you know, I'm a pretty smart detective myself. Learn from the best, Hal. Okay, condescending little brat. Okay, so this thing comes from the planet. It's from, like, some one of those sectors or some shit. I was hoping we'd clear the area together and hopefully get everyone to safety before whatever arrives ends up hatching. So we gotta go to another planet? You gonna fly me there, man? I, I know where you're going with this, and no, there's no need to fly to another planet. It's already here. We, we need to take Already it here? How did we not know about that? It's... it... It's what landed here. Haven't you been paying attention to the Batcave, or are you just... Okay, you're, you're painting yourself yellow now. I see what's happening. Still nothing, huh? You got, you got nothing. You're feeling not a thing. It's, it's not like Kryptonite. I think you're a little too used to Bruce's contingency plans against Clark. What about this bow staff made of wood? <laughs> okay, yeah, yeah, that's my predecessor. Alan Scott had the weakness against wood. And again, it's the same thing. It was weakness against using against it, not the same thing. Though, yeah, I guess that is a kind of a really lame weakness of the ring. What if I painted my bow staff yellow? It's, it's the same thing. I mean, if I tried to use it on the bow staff, if when it was yellow, it would probably not work so well, so that's a thing, but also you're like 12 years old, so I probably don't need to use the ring just to get that bow staff away from you. Okay, I'm just gonna ask you straight up, man. The fuck is your weakness, Hal? Okay, looks like the situation at the battle is getting really dire, man. We gotta fucking head on the fuck there and Get ready for some fucking action, finally, Hal! Alright, I'll fly you there. Oh! Sorry, you painted yourself yellow, so... Yeah, my ring's not gonna work, you're just gonna have to... Take the Batmobile or something, but you're like 12, so you can't drive. Oh, it's such a shame, you can't join the battle. I'll just, uh... You know, just watch on the back computer, I'll see you there. Fucking fiddlesticks! Alright everybody, if you like that sketch right there, we have that, plus news, plus we're bringing back some opinion pieces and uh, review type stuff and all kinds of stuff in our $5 tier on Patreon. So just go to patreon.com slash superhero stuff pod and if you become part of the $5 tier, you can see these new bonus episodes. Basically consider it Superhouse DLC. Hi, I'm Troy McClure. You may remember me from such films as Darren Aronofsky's Batman Year One and Joel Schumacher's Batman Unchained. And right now, you're listening to superhero stuff you should know. <laughs> so the Justice League is dead. How the hell do we get back from here? Welcome back and find out as we dive into Justice League 3, or as it's called, weirdly, Justice League 2A. Uh, and it would have <laughs> so been weird. in yeah. 2020 is when we were supposed to get this. 
seems like it fits in terms of like an apocalyptic Justice League movie. That is yeah. have been the nightmare Justice League movie. How appropriate would that have been if in an alternate timeline we got that on HBO Max while we were quarantining? So, <sighs> dude, I did not want to watch bleak movies last year. Actually, hell no. Yeah, I yeah, but it's about coming movie. out of the dark. Like, imagine, like, I'd rather see this one than the previous one in 2020. Yeah, I, mean, I still would have seen it because it's Zack Snyder Justice League movie, but. Yeah, yeah. You know, other bleak movies, you know, like, True. I don't know. I can't think of anything at the moment, but I wanted to watch Troll, shit. Troll 2. <laughs> you know, Leprechaun. Oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so we start with, who do we start with from the Justice League? We start with a new member of the Justice League, Green Lantern. Oh, hey. Green Lantern mm. comes to a post-Darkside Earth. It is not specified in the text which Green Lantern, but Jim Lee's illustrations does make it seem like it's Hal. Hal Jordan. Really? So, so I've heard otherwise, but I guess we'll get into that. Uh, I mean, this is ba- remember, this is what is storyboarded in 2016. Gotcha. Uh, so we open with uh, Hal Jordan, Green Lantern. He's inside his ship crashing to Earth, desperately trying to make contact with someone, anyone, but there's no response, only static. The ship crashes hard. Disoriented Lantern hears someone outside opening the door. A silhouette figure peers in. It's Batman. Opening on the five years later Earth, seen at the end of Justice League 2, parademons convey on the ship. Batman defends Lantern. Then an unexpected ally assess Batman. A certain Batman villain, Deadshot. Will Smith's Deadshot is in Justice League 3. Why Deadshot not? fires point. at the parademons. Yeah. <laughs> so there's no Joker. There's no Deathstroke in this original version. It's Deadshot. Huh. Okay. Uh, now keep in mind again this was well, like everybody 20- else is dead so this is done remember this is done in 2016 so that was before uh, this is before Affleck's like hey I want Manganiello's Deathstroke and this is before we even got the reception of how what people thought of Leto's Joker and stuff so uh, it's Will Smith's Deadshot in place of those gentlemen so he fires at the parademons in this post dark side world Deadshot has teamed up with the Dark Knight then they're joined by the Flash Batman barks at Flash to stay out of the fight Barry is too important to the mission to risk getting hurt uh, which is, might be why he's in that armor, funny enough, which I pitched back in 2017 or 2018 as the reason why he might be wearing that in the Justice League time travel cut. Check out that video if you haven't already on my channel. Uh, Flash saves Batman. Uh, he's cocky, but is soon overwhelmed by parademons. Flash is almost killed, but Green Lantern saves him. The iconic friendship between the two beginning. So Flash and Green Lantern are going to be buddies. I forget uh, they're bros. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I didn't. Green Lantern looks across the earth analyzing it with his ring he explains to them who he is and who the Green Lantern Corps is or was how he came here looking for his partner from earth who's missing and presumed dead like most of the lanterns it's not again it's not specified who his partner is it might be Jon Stewart it might be Guy Gardner uh, Darkseid's army Jessica Cruz yeah, yeah. Uh, Darkseid's army is paving their way across the universe in the sky the Big Dipper constellation is missing two stars Batman says that all the stars will go out because of what's happening on earth the sun is setting. Batman says they need to move. Batman, Deadshot, Flash, and Lantern return to the League's hidden base camp under Wayne Manor. So basically the Batcave. Mara joins them walking to camp across the desert with Arthur's trident slung across her shoulders carrying two buckets of water, which is true to what we saw in the Nightmare Vision in Zack Snyder's Justice League. Mara remarks she's had to venture further outside of camp to drink, uh, to locate drinkable water. Bruce explains his operation to Green Lantern. They are planning on a move that will end Darkseid's reign on Earth. Lantern doesn't think they have a shot. He wants to repair his ship and try and find any surviving members of the Corps. Lantern wonders what this Justice League could do to stop Darkseid. And we get to a sequence that's called The Last Supper of the Justice League. Because they're on a suicide mission. And 
you know, obviously Deadshot's going to be like, what are we, some kind of suicide squad? Yeah. <laughs> I was just about to say that. Are they all eating on one side of a table? Like, what's yeah, going pretty on? much. You know, you can always move to the other side, everybody. It's a little crowded. It's a little yeah, crowded on this, this side. I need some elbow room in this motherfucker. <laughs> Deadshot, I'd rather you be across from me. So... Uh, post Darkseid Cyborg is now half a man able to plug into machinery hanging in the Batcave working on massive technology a cosmic treadmill now in the comics the cosmic treadmill is what the Flash uses in order to go back in time uh, the cosmic treadmill will help the Flash jump back in time to what end Lantern asks so Cyborg tells Lanterns the specifics of how time travel works it's very uncontrollable even if they can get Flash to travel back they can only try this once a year so that the Earth will be in the very same spot and the Flash doesn't jump into solid bedrock or space, as the Flash adds. In order to operate it, they need to steal a mother box from Darkseid's army, and they know where one is. But once they power this machine up, they'll get, quote-unquote, his attention. Lantern asks, who? And Mara answers, Superman. Even Lantern has heard of the Kryptonian, worried that he's under the control of Darkseid. He heard his spirit was unbreakable. Deadshot goes on. Across the world, beyond parademons, nearly the entire population has fallen to the anti-life equation, their minds being completely controlled by Darkseid. Deadshot says he remembers when his daughter was taken. It haunts him worse than death. They need to move soon. The planet alignment is tomorrow night, where Earth will be in the same place it was when Bruce first saw Flash in the Batcave in BVS. If they don't jump then, they they won't have another opportunity for an entire year. The plan is that Barry will warn Batman so that they can be prepared. But the Flash will only have 10 to 15 seconds before he's taken apart. So what he can say, what can he say in that amount of time to Bruce? They all agree it's simple. You have to stop Lex. If Lex is stopped, Darkseid would never come here and Lex will never slaughter the Justice League. Now in BVS, Flash says, fear him. You were always been right about him. We thought maybe he was talking about Superman. Maybe he was talking about Darkseid. It seems like maybe he was actually talking about Lex Luthor. Weird. And that's right. So hmm. afterwards, Bruce pulls Barry aside and says it's not going to work because that already happened. He was trying to stop Lex already. Flash has to say something else, and Bruce says this is all my fault. In a rare moment of vulnerability, Bruce admits she was Superman's world. I broke that connection. So Bruce whispers something in Barry's ear, and Flash's eyes go wide. Flash can't help but say, no way. No way. Stoner Barry. Uh, (laughs) No way. Whoa. (laughs) And Bruce Bruce responds, tell me that. It will change everything. So... They have a plan in terms of traveling back in time. Let's keep in mind that this would be different. There, Snyder still wants to do a Last Supper of the Justice League thing in the actual Justice League 2, except it would include the Joker in it. Yeah, and in that version, he wanted to do a Rashomon st- type of thing where both Batman and Joker would tell their side of the story about the death of Robin. So Snyder loves Kurosawa, man. Yeah. <laughs> Let's just put it out there. Yes. <laughs> It's a good, so, good source to pull from, though. Yep, mm-hmm. exactly. So, let's go into the mission. The mission starts at dawn. In a Fury Road-inspired Batmobile, potentially the Dark Knight Returns Batmobile, uh, the Justice League, Batman, Green Lantern, Deadshot, and Mera. Deadshot's part of the Justice League now. <laughs> Breaking yeah. the You're welcome, everybody. <laughs> <laughs> a cathedral swarming of anti-life-controlled people, dark side soldiers, human priests kneel at the mother box. This is trippy. Batman says as soon as they get the mother box, Superman will be aware of them. Back at the Batcave, Cyborg and the Flash are preparing for Flash's jump. Cyborg makes it clear that the Flash won't have much time. He needs to deliver the message before he crumbles into nothingness. So again, Suicide Squad. Everybody's going to die. But if Barry succeeds, it won't matter. None of this will ever have happened. Batman and the others steal the mother box, then make a dead run back to the cave as the Flash and Cyborg prepare for Barry's jump. Superman is in pursuit. So now it's Superman 
versus the Justice League. Nightmare Superman, specifically. From a tower, right. Deadshot fires a kryptonite bullet at Superman's back, but Superman dodges it. Well, shit. Batman asks Deadshot <laughs> over the calm what happened. Deadshot tells Batman, this better work. This better save my daughter. As Superman flies to the tower and kills Deadshot. Mara tries, to remove the, Mara tries to remove water from Superman, just like what she did in Steppenwolf to Zack Snyder's Justice League. Uh, fat chance, Superman crushes her. Green Lantern, <laughs> Green Lantern fires his ring at Superman, but he sends his corrupted heat vision into the ring. Uh, the ring explodes. Corrupted heat vision. So Superman, based, Nightmare Superman heat visions Green Lantern's ring. The ring explodes, taking the lantern's arm with it. So there goes Ryan Reynolds' arm. Uh, if it's if it's Ryan Reynolds, uh, Cyborg does what he can against Superman as Flash prepares to jump. Just after Cyborg activates the machine, Superman tosses him to the Parademons and they tear him apart. That's the end of Cyborg. Finally, it's Batman facing off against Superman. Full circle. Now it actually is an evil Superman that Batman's fighting. The Flash runs hard on the machine, seconds away from the jump, and Batman is armed with the Kryptonite spear. See, now it's back, and now he actually has to use it on Superman. Superman Damn. turns around and impales Batman with it. Whoops. Uh, so that's <laughs> it. <laughs> as the two heroes struggle, the Flash races as fast as he can, exploding through time just before Superman reaches him. And the Flash is pulled through time back to Justice League 2. We're with Bruce and Lois as they first argue, and she tells him, you're not the father. And as Lois storms out of the Batcave, the Flash arrives, landing in this moment, not in the BVS moment, but this moment, and he tells Bruce, she lied to you. You are the father. And that's what's going to change everything. Well, shit balls. Lois is carrying Batman's child. So, after delivering his message, the Flash vanishes from existence. This is just so insane. Okay, so Lois comes down. Now we're back in Justice League 2, except now we're rewriting the entire timeline. Lois comes down, trying to connect with Bruce, who is still reeling from the information. Again, Lois is, is insisting he listens to her. This time, he does. She tells him Lex has a plan to take out the Justice League. Working together, they discover his attack plans against the League. Suddenly, Darkseid's boom tube opens, water pouring into the cave again. Darkseid looks at Lois, Bruce looking down from above the, behind the glass again. But this time, Bruce goes into action. Smashing through the glass, he throws himself in front of Darkseid's Omega Beams as he moves Lois out of the way. I'm assuming he's wearing the armored Batman suit from the end of Justice League because he's struck by them crying out, but he survives. But he's, like, wounded by them. Superman arrives in time to see Batman injured. He flies into a rage, but instead of being broken, he's empowered, angry. Superman puts Darkseid on his heels, and Darkseid is forced to retreat. So, timeline has been completely altered. What's going to happen from here? Lois tells Superman he has to warn the others. Lex has a plan. With information from Lois on Lex's Injustice League, Superman saves the League, stopping Maru from releasing the gas on Themyscira. So that saves Wonder Woman. Stopping Orm and Black Manta from killing Aqu Aquaman, and stopping Len from taking out Cyborg. So, <clears throat> meanwhile, Bruce re reveals to Lois that although he's alive, he was hit. There's a darkness growing across his body. He's in pain, but they need to keep fighting. He tells Lois as he boards the plane, I could have had a life outside of the cave with you. Bruce leaves on basically his last mission. This is the last stand of the Dark Knight. Earth unites against Darkseid. Darkseid's full-scale invasion begins, and it's too much for just the Justice League to handle on their own. But they won't have to. Led and inspired by Superman, they will join you in the sun, Kal-El. The countries Damn. of the world come together. Armies, air forces, navies. Wonder Woman and her mother lead the Amazons off Themyscira to join the war. Guess what, Darkseid? You were defeated years ago, centuries ago, by the union of everybody. We're back. So now it's Superman <laughs> leading 
everybody. Wonder Woman leaving the Amazons. Aquaman pleads to the Seven Kingdoms, declaring there is an eighth kingdom, the surface world, and they must be allies, not enemies. The Seven Kingdoms rise to join the Amazons on the surface, and the entire world becomes a Justice League. In the God, Lord of the Rings. This is, this is one <laughs> hell of a fucking third act. This is third act, right? <laughs> Tell me this is third act at least. <laughs> this is the this is the finale to okay, this okay. entire saga. This would have been the last Snyder movie. This is the end game, uh, as you will, of the right, DC right, EU. Right. In a Lord of the Rings like finale, the history of the three armies that first battled Darkseid echoes today. The world of men, the Amazons, the Atlanteans, and as the battle continues, Green Lantern joins the fight, along with the alien Green Lantern Corps. This is where you bring in Kilowog and Tomare and all those guys. It's the entire DC Universe together for the very first time. And the entire Smallville cast shows up. <laughs> in hoodies. In hoodies. <laughs> the, 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 ninth, the ninth kingdom. <laughs> Uh, Tom awesome. Welling shows up in the yes. suit. I'm That's here. right. <laughs> Finally. He's like, oh, I'll do it for <laughs> It's the entire DC universe together for the very first time on a scale unlike any that's ever been seen battling to save the world together. During the battle, there are sacrifices. Hippolyta dies saving her daughter, proud of what she's done. Hell yeah. So that completes that arc. The Flash is able to move so quickly he masters his powers, existing in two places at once. Unstoppable, he takes out an entire army himself. Cyborg is able to overpower the mother boxes, taking control of them and triggering a chain reaction that destroys them, weakening Darkseid. It is ultimately a dying Batman who sacrifices himself to save the League and the world, destroying Darkseid. Now, it's not specified how exactly he does it, but I'd like to think what happens is that Darkseid has the anti-life equation, and he's like, I am inevitable, and it doesn't work, and he looks and sees that Bruce Wayne has the anti-life equation, and Bruce Wayne says, I am vengeance. I am the knight. I am Batman. And then he uses the anti-life equation. <laughs> Steps his fingers. fingers to wipe out the dark side and all of Apocalypse. That would uh, be sweet, actually. It's a lot like <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's Avengers, but still, that's cool. <laughs> I know. I know. <laughs> still cool, though. Uh, Darkseid did technically kill Batman with his Omega Beams in Grant Morrison's Final Crisis. However, that was revealed to only send Bruce Wayne back in time. It depends on how they do it, but you could have, if Affleck was like, eh... Maybe I'd like to come back. They could do the return of Bruce Wayne storyline uh, if, if they wanted to do that. Or if there's a body, never mind. But still, it's not clear how he dies or how he sacrifices himself. Yeah. But Darkseid is gone, and Batman uh, is gone as well. So let's go into the aftermath. Diana becomes the new queen of the Amazons, leading them to rejoin the outside world and restore and inspire peace, completing the Wonder Woman arc. With the Amazons at her side, Diana negotiates peace between the countries of the world unlike anything in history. Makes sense. She's supposed to be the ambassador. Uh, Arthur is recognized by the kingdoms as a true king that has helped unite the world. The skepticism over his human heritage not only gone, but replaced with admiration. Cyborg evolves, from, wait, becoming... From, from bro to king, it's a character arc, y'all. It's actually yep. a really good character arc <laughs> if they do lean into that. Yeah. Surfer bro yeah. to king of a fucking country. So there we go. Especially because, like... It'd be great. Yeah, and remember in Zack Snyder's Justice League, he's like, I don't want any, I don't owe anybody anything, and now he's like uniting Atlantis with the rest of the world. So, Can you? I mean, imagine great. like a wizened, wise Momoa Aquaman King, like a, like a maybe even gray hair beard, gray, yeah, like that's what like, I was thinking, yeah. like Kingdom Come, uh, fucking Aquaman, uh, you know what I mean? Like it would mm -hmm. be like an Arthurian king. It's I mean King Arthur, right? It's a lot, a lot of that DNA is in there. And like, mm -hmm. just to see, just it would be so cool. It's a perfect character arc they have for Momoa. Yeah. Just waiting. <clears throat> I, I hope that they do that. Yeah, and then also, 
Snyder wanted the arc of Superman to be going from uh, us seeing him as the villain to him being the main hero. He's the one who's leading all of the, the armies against Darkseid. And inspires the world, the the, the, mm-hmm. the the hope, and that's similar to our the, what we had in our pitch. Yeah, which, except he's literally leading the entire yeah, world. That's, that's the true. entire that's world true. becomes Darkseid. I mean, becomes true. the Justice League against Darkseid. That's, that's pretty... I love how crazy it is. I know, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Cyborg evolves becoming a god of the digital age and able to transform himself to look human again. Uh, Lois mourns Bruce's death. Superman looks closer, realizing that Lois is carrying Bruce's child. Lois admits it, but he already knows. Maybe he always did, he says. He saw what he needed to, but he doesn't shy away. Instead, he embraces Lois and her unborn child. He has a reason to be Clark again. So Clark Kent is now back in order to be a father, in order to raise the child that Lois and Bruce had. Uh, And that completes his arc. We have an epilogue to this. 20 years later, Jesus. after a memorial commemorating the Batman sacrifice, Commissioner Barbara Gordon asks Lois, what are you going to tell him? Referring to telling Lois's son the truth about his real father. For the first time in decades, crime is returning to Gotham and it needs the Batman again. Various Justice League members like Martian Manhunter are present. Lois takes her son to the Batcave and reveals the truth. His father was Bruce Wayne, the Batman. In Gotham, rising from the shadows and out into the moonlight, we meet the all-new Batman. The Terry end. McGinnis. I was just thinking that, too. It would be sweet, though. Be it's a great way <laughs> to actually have a Batman Beyond, actually. Yeah. It could yes. lead into a Batman Beyond, honestly. Now, it is Snyder's idea that Barbara Gordon would be in, because Bruce is dead. You know, Barbara Gordon would be the mentor to uh, Lois's son. In the, in the Batsuit. And also, it is on record, Joe Manganiello spilled the beans, Barbara Gordon Batgirl was supposed to be in Affleck's Batman movie. So, yeah. it all it's all laid out there. So, just to recap, this is slightly suspicious, because this was written 2016. I'm just going to say it. We had a movie where almost half the Justice League dies, and then the <laughs> next movie, five years later, they use time travel to help solve it that ends in a major fight with all of them united against them. And the billionaire playboy superhero ends up being the one to sacrifice himself to kill Darkseid or to kill the big bad. So, just saying, mm. it's a little—it's a little close um, on it. Uh, very interesting, though. So, Justice League Three. Holy shit! What do you guys think? Phew, that's a lot. <laughs> I think that it does sound. Really cool. I definitely don't think that audiences in 2016 were anywhere near ready for this. And you said it was supposed to come out in 2020. It's I just supposed to be last. I year. think a, the, as an alternate like timeline, it, it's just hard for me to imagine uh, audiences really being ready for it because of the reception for Batman versus Superman and then Suicide Squad and all that. But uh, it's really cool. It, I like. I like the idea of playing out with the whole, you know, nightmare universe and how that really got resolved. I still don't, I mean, I guess if it is going to hang, if the crux of the universe is going to hang in the balance of Bruce having a child with Lois, then sure, just go for it. But it's really... (laughs) It's really weird to me. Mm-hmm. I do like that it's very specific in that 
Superman is not evil because Lois dies. Superman is evil because he doesn't have the will to not succumb to Darkseid's, you know, anti-life equation. Mm -hmm. That makes more sense to me. I feel like it's oversimplified in what a lot of people have said. Like, well, damn, I guess all that's holding Superman back from becoming a totalitarian, you know, leader is Lois, and that's it. So, I don't know. Yeah, I just feel like the whole Batman thing is involved with Lois is a little muddled. I feel like there's other ways around that. But uh, other than that, I really enjoyed quite a bit of it. Um, And the whole world kind of coming together to fight Darkseid is interesting. I feel like you never see that in any other superhero movie. It always seems like the superhero battle is taking a a place away from civilian life, pretty much. Mm -hmm. And, And when it doesn't, of course, when people die, that's a big thing that they talk about like uh the people critics talk about as far as being a, a negative but the idea of the world coming together towards it is, is pretty cool it'd be like the end of spider-man when all the people on the bridge are throwing shit at the green goblin it's like oh look we're all coming together to fight this person but um yeah yeah overall i, I like it it's it's just like andrew said it's balls of the wall and it's it's crazy the amount of comic book Easter eggs and stuff that would just be in it would be insane, but um, yeah, yeah it definitely would be something we hadn't seen before. Andrew, it's just like one thing I was thinking that was kind of funny was like if he if Superman learns that it's not his kid, he's like, oh, so Darkseid doesn't have anything over me again. I'm not evil anymore. It's not my kid. I don't care. <laughs> <laughs> no, but um, gotta call up Lana. I still have her phone number. Yeah, yeah. I don't care <laughs> anymore. This Bruce is that's your problem there, man. All right. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so um <laughs> my x-ray vision didn't work that well in that justice league one scene i guess didn't see to the dna level um, <laughs> just saw that there was some there was a bun in the oven um, but uh uh yeah i mean balls of the walls i love the idea of the whole world being the justice league like let's extrapolate this whole idea and let's just yeah. go fucking nuts with it because it is it's avengers three or four in a sense it's like it's mm-hmm. it's it's your final showdown or whatever you know the story gets as big as possible and i think that's really cool um i i i envision a scene of like superman flying and then there's a close-up on cavill's face and he's like you guys ready and then fucking dudes and fighter jets are behind him it's like right behind (laughs) your soups you know what I mean? And they're yeah. fucking like a team of fighter jets are behind them. And they got fucking Superman decals, huge ass. I was about S- to say that. Symbols. <laughs> yeah, they're Superman fighter jets, dude. They can make toys of that shit. It would be mm-hmm. fucking awesome. Um, <laughs> Superman doesn't get the vehicles, but in this case, it would make sense. Um, That's right. And uh, I mean, yeah, it w- it's just it's insane. And um, God, what else am I missing? I mean, yeah, it's it's, it's great. It's great. It is like I'm just like I really I wish that we saw I mean unless yes I do like Avengers Endgame but I'm just like this is such a this is so great like as all these different elements I also picture General Swanwick you know when Superman's trying to get everyone together Swanwick finally reveals himself as Martian Manhunter being yeah. just like you know you can trust him because you've trusted me and then he just does the thing and now like that's how he reveals himself to the world and that completes his arc yeah so, so many different so many different things I'm just like this is truly like the end of the arcs for all the characters and it's just it's it's great and it just i just wish that wb hadn't fucked with batman versus superman so much i got that's really what caused this 
I got a little bit of the goosies whenever you were telling me about <laughs> the guy taking up the mantle of the bat, the the sun. Yeah. Um, that's. I mean, I can just imagine that scene. It'd be. It would be so awesome. Yeah. You know. Yeah. You got a little bit of that with um John Blake, but yeah, I was about this, to say. this is more powerful in some way. You know. I don't know yeah. why. I, I agree, because this actually is his son and not just some cop who just has police academy training yeah. <laughs> on this. This is actually, this is yeah, actually right, right, right. His, his son that was raised. It's his son who's raised by Superman. Think about that. He's his oh, son yeah, raised right, right. by Superman right. and Lois Lane, but in a bat suit being mentored by Barbara Gordon. There's a lot of different things you could go with that. That is really yeah. interesting. So he's got a little bit of the Kansas, like, Maybe countryisms just from his dad and he's, yeah, he's got a little bit of, of shit of like that. Yeah, he, so he's got a bit of Superman and a bit of uh, you know Bruce in him. Like there's so many different things. That it's just it'd be really interesting to explore that honestly. So yeah, right. That'd be right. A interesting alternate Batman Beyond movie. But anyway, that is Justice League two and three, everyone, and that is superhero stuff you should know. Thank you, everyone, and if you think we're done with the Snyderverse now, you're still dead wrong. We are actually going to jump into a lot of the stuff that I just did not have time to jump into with our previous deep dives, starting with a character-by-character -character deep dive into each one of the superheroes from Zack Snyder's Justice League. So we'll start next time with Batfleck. Who else was up for the role? Other past history stuff that might not be available. Is Alfred really his butler? timeline type stuff for the chronology <laughs> there's a whole bunch of stuff that i have that will fill up definitely an episode that's for him superman will be covering comparisons for the death and return of superman versus justice league and all the different adaptations all those things so we're going to do that for each member of the justice league throughout so we are not even close to being done with the Zack snyder stuff anyway let's go into some fan comments so first is from our friend paul graham uh who's commented a lot for us so thank you paul uh, he says, I was just watching the new remastered version of BVS Ultimate Edition, and I thought of two things after listening to your Snyder vs. Critics podcast. First, now that you guys have seen the Snyder Cut and having now seen the full arc of Batman's Redemption, does that change the way you thought of Batman and BVS, now knowing he had to be like that so that his change to the Snyder Cut meant more to his story? Thoughts on that real quick. Uh, yeah, I think so. I definitely, my viewpoint on him has warmed especially after seeing the Snyder Cut of Justice League, and it gives me a, a better respect for him. It, that's difficult to say because we have a, a more fleshed-out understanding of what his character arc actually is now. Mm -hmm. So retroactively, yes, I can go back and and understand why they made the choice, why Zack Snyder made the choice that he did to portray Batman in that way. Mm -hmm. Do I still feel like it may have ultimately led to the negative criticisms towards the movie because that's how you're starting out with Batman. Yes, but as part of an arc for him that's visible now, I do think that it's uh, it makes sense. Mm -hmm. Certainly more sense than it did in the beginning. Andrew? I'm sorry, what was the question again? <laughs> <laughs> it's Will Andrew, pay attention. Is the question. No, it's, 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 <laughs> no it's, 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 does that change... Having seen the Snyder Cut, does it change the way you perceive Batman's portrayal in BBS? Is what Paul's asking here. Oh, um, uh, I mean, it's it goes up a couple points, I guess, but it's still, I mean, seemingly it's, it was just fucked by the studio so much, it's hard for it to change yeah. that much. Um, yeah, I don't know. I think sort of knowing what he went through in BBS. 
helps me understand what he's going through. Just I guess because it's in order, but helps yeah. me understand what's going on in Zack Snyder's Justice mm -hmm. League more. Because like we've said a million times in the in the previous series, uh, he's uh, living out his arc more or less from that movie instead of mm -hmm. instead of really exp going through one. If that you know you know what I'm saying, right? Um, in in Zack Snyder's Justice League, so. For me, maybe it's kind of the opposite. What makes it seem worse? No, 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 not worse. But <laughs> sorry, you Justice said it makes the opposite. Justice League doesn't make Batman vs Superman better. Batman vs Superman makes Justice League better. Oh, in a way. That's an interesting point, man. That's an interesting yeah. point. I, I, I would say like it does help to see the full thing, you know. But it yeah. also, you know, we sort of argued already in the podcast that you could have done the same thing without him resorting to a lot of those things if it was about him getting more brutal but he's still not crossing the line and he's trying to cross the line for Superman specifically and he almost does and that's enough then I think that would have had a different reception and I also think would have been more uh, cleaner and more powerful uh, it's pretty clear especially from interviews lately with Terrio we haven't covered this yet on, on the podcast because it, it came out well way after we covered BVS but uh, Chris Terrio said that Warner Brothers wanted Batman to end the movie branding Lex Luthor and Snyder had mentioned that beforehand but he, he didn't say that that was from Warner Brothers but Terrio said that Warner Brothers wanted that they wanted the dark Batman yeah, Terrio said something like Snyder's too much of a gentleman he won't say this but I will yeah something something like that. <laughs> yep yep and yeah. I'm just like I honestly I believe that because like look at what Terrio and Snyder did with Zack Snyder's Justice League and I'm just like it's there's not there's all this muddled shit in BVS and I'm just like I'm just gonna blame the studio for that at this point if this is like I mean sure there's probably there's still some flaws in Zack Snyder's Justice League and there's probably some flaws from BVS that are because of Terry and Snyder but it's probably a lot more minor compared to some of the other things out there I felt uh, some vindication too from that Terry interview because didn't they reveal in that that uh, yeah. Dawn of Justice was the studio's idea I, I said in a previous yeah. episode here that a lot of times in his big movies the yeah. writer, even the writer doesn't name the movie. It's marketing. Yeah. Exactly, exactly. In fact, uh, we're recording this on the weekend of Justice Con uh, that's had a few more revealing interviews, and one of those things was uh, Terrio actually would have preferred it. He basically pitched ideas or thought like it was going to be a Justice League title, that BVS was going to be the first Justice League movie, which kind of makes sense because it's got Interesting. everybody in it anyway. I mean, Canvas or the others. And then I think he quoted, it's either Terry or Snyder whose reaction to the BVS title was just like, what is this, some sort of court case? So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so, he didn't like the yeah. V either. Terry didn't like the V. Doesn't seem like it. No, he's like, that is not how I would have named it. I feel uh, like I get along with this Terry guy. I'm just saying. Yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> so uh, Paul says, also again, during the Snyder versus Critics podcast on BVS, there was a lot of discussion of the Martha moment with some suggestions thrown around regarding alternate things Superman could have said. Well, the beginning of BVS has the dream sequence of Bruce Wayne, which cuts from the death of his parents, defining the bat cave and being uplifted by the bats. So my thought is that he's clearly reliving his trauma and his dream nightmare, night terror of witnessing his parents' death, maybe repeatedly. Part of that trauma, I think, is watching Thomas dying, and the camera clearly makes a point of Thomas looking at Martha, and he says, Martha, as a close-up of her eyes, lose their life. Very poetically written, Paul. Bruce was witness to this, so the Martha moment actually makes sense in that Superman says it as it is his mother's name which triggers Bruce's trauma that makes him stop. Okay, so it may not have been executed that well, but if I think of the Martha moment like this and link it to his father saying it as Martha dies in his dream, then it does really make sense. I would love to hear your collective thoughts on this. Um, I mean, I don't think we really disagree with that. 
exactly. No, yeah. that that was definitely the point of him filming it that way. I think just to have a connection there with Thomas Wayne saying the name. Uh, I like he uh, like the commenter did uh, say at the very end though he it may have not been executed very well, just like we discussed. Yeah, I think our issues was more on why Mar- why Superman jumps to that saying yeah. it that way just for plot convenience to trigger Batman into backing down. Yeah. I think that's the main issue there. That's why Andrew was just like my mother because like that makes more sense for Superman to say. And yeah. as I said like the Martha. You know, yeah. Yeah. yeah exactly. Some fan theories are just like maybe Clark knew and that he knew that as a taxing. We're just like that's not set up at all though. Like yeah. it would make more sense if they did but it's not set up. Uh, so Paul finishes off saying again well done with these podcasts. I look forward to them each week. Damn. Thanks, uh, man. And I'm Halfway through nice. the old George Miller Justice League podcast you reposted, which is great because being an Aussie and a Mad Max fan, it's really interesting where he would have gone with this version. So, right, <laughs> awesome. Uh, Walter the Wobot is back. He wanted to reply to our talk about Child of Dreams. So he oh, says, yeah. in reply to Andrew's comments that I made on Child of Dreams, first of all, thanks for replying. I mean, we, com- we reply to you all the time, Walter. So, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. thanks, man. Uh, and for providing all of that excellent insight, when I said that I thought that Child of Dreams was the first Batman book written and illustrated by a Japanese artist in Japan, uh, mangaka, I guess is the, the term for it. Thanks again, Andrew, he says. Uh, I was directly quoting Asamiya himself in an interview he did in Japan while still working on the book. Exact quote is as follows quote, This is the first time any Japanese artist has done original work for DC on a Batman comic. I often hear this from my American friends and fellow artists. There is so much pressure on me. Rereading Kia's comment in light of what you said, Andrew, it seems possible that either he wasn't aware of uh, Jiro Kawata's work or that he was simply annoyingly repeating a falsity held by his friends to demonstrate the pressure he was feeling at the time. Either way, I now have some more Batman comics to seek out, so thanks again. Regarding Whedon's alleged racism and the cutting of all POC from the picture, not sure if you guys have watched his previous works. Uh, I mean, I have, uh, outside of the Avengers, I think. But there are plenty of original black characters. Gunn in Angel immediately springs to mind. He was one of the main characters, main cast members on that show. Furthermore, Whedon also retconned Willow and Buffy to make her homosexual. I guess it's possible he's since become a raging racist, but I think it's more likely that it's simply an unhappy coincidence of the editing process. Actually, now that I'm thinking back over Whedon's previous work, Justice League is by far his worst output. Uh, I mean, just the given fact that Buffy is considered to be one of the major cultural icons for female heroes, and yet behind the scenes, the way he treated Charisma Carpenter and Michelle Trachtenberg, uh, there's a big disparity between a guy who casts a black person in his, you know, in his stuff versus how he actually treats that person behind the scenes, is how, is what I would argue uh, on that. There's some fair, like, yes, you could say that a lot of the characters in the Zack Snyder's Justice League were cut due to time. However, there was a lot added that didn't need to be added. And all the people, nearly all the people who added weren't, you know, everybody looked the same. Everybody was white. Everybody was like a Russian family. Like, it, it just wasn't, uh, there's a lot, the damning evidence isn't so much just them getting cut. It's just the combination of the things that Fisher has said and what was actually replaced to it. Uh, in my opinion. I'm sure you guys might agree, Zach and Andrew. Um, I'm now wondering what kind of behind-the-scenes drama Joss was battling with WB over it. Uh, I mean, it it honestly sounds more like Joss wasn't battling WB with Justice League. He was carrying out what they wanted. Um, They they were high-fiving each other. (laughs) Oh, yeah. Yeah. (laughs) This is is all Walter the Wobot? This is all the same comment? 
Yeah. Okay, there's a lot going on here. Uh, and he says, how about a Nick Cage Superman cameo in 2022's Flash movie? I hear that that movie will serve as a practical way of tying together all of DC's disconnected movies into one multiverse. I mean, everybody wants him to show up in the Speed Force or some shit. <laughs> if, we're get, if we're bringing it back Michael Keaton and shit, let's mm-hmm. get fucking Nicolas Cage into Speedos. Because <laughs> have Keaton and Cage interact. That's oh, all hell yeah. this life. All right, last comment is from... Wait, wait, real, real second. There was a lot going on there. Fucking... Yeah. I mean, so with the Bat manga, with yeah. the Jiro Kuwata thing, yeah. it must be because that was like in the 60s. And like, maybe he just wasn't aware. Maybe this before they started bringing back the Bat manga stuff. Maybe that was yeah. like way in the archives. And I'm not saying that... Uh, is his name... Is it Asamiya? Asam- I'm not saying Asamiya yeah, is yeah. a liar. Yeah. Uh, he might just not have... He might not have not... He might not have known... Yeah. Uh, so, um, I think that's a possibility. You know, whatever. Um, I mean, it's cool that they allowed that even in the '60s. That's awesome. So DC was aware of Japanese manga culture um, even then, uh, which I think is pretty cool. I'm, I wonder if Marvel had anything similar. Like, was like I always thought J- uh, X Men would be kind of cool in a, in a Japanese context, mm-hmm. even though they wouldn't have the race relations stuff really the same way. But they could work something out. Um, and uh, what else? Uh, oh yeah, I think the there's it's a possibility that what's his name that Whedon's Whedon might have just kind of subconsciously by accident maybe just taken out most of the people of color in that movie, but it's just weird that he just didn't notice like everybody I've cut out as a person of color like I don't know it's just yeah there's even though it, there's a chance that it could have been kind of innocent even if you started out innocent. You should have. There should have probably should have been a, a moment where you're like, you you look back on that before the movie comes out, or before when you're even before that, before you start shooting your reshoots, like maybe I've cut out too many, too many uh, POC here, you know, or I don't know. It, it is kind of an. If if it's an, it might be an interesting or innocent oversight, but you still should have noticed it was an oversight. At some point, that's what I'm trying to say. To me, just the because when people first pointed this out on Twitter years ago, the, I think that was before Ray Fisher came out. I was just like, eh, I don't know, that's kind of a stretch because I think that evidence alone is not enough. You know, because just like we you knew don't know. Iris was the first we knew. We knew Iris was cut like way before the movie came out. I remember that. Yeah, yeah, uh, and I'm just kind of like, uh, yeah, I was skeptical as well. And then Ryan Choi as well was revealed through Vero. so that was also another thing. But then it's just like, eh, I don't know, and then. I think because of all the stuff that Ray Fisher's brought up, it's kind of like, okay, now it makes sense. Right. <laughs> like, uh, and, you know, maybe it wasn't deliberately there, but, uh, like, to me, that's, like, one of the weaker parts uh, of the argument. Fisher's stuff, Fisher's accusations have a lot more damning stuff than just, like, oh, these people were cut. You know, it's not just them being cut. It's about how people were treated on that. Yeah, and then all the people, like, Charisma Carpenter and everything, it's just a lot, a lot piling up here. I mean, the evidence, yeah. the evidence pile is... Is being stacked. Yeah, and then we covered in, so. Patri- in a Patreon episode about Joss Whedon's wife, uh, as well as a stunt team that worked on Buffy and stuff. It's just a lot yeah. of a mess. Uh, all right, last comment is from I, I'm not going to pronounce this because it seems like random numbers, random letters, but H R A E F N Grafen. Anyway. Uh, I found your amazing channel too late to leave a comment about this on your Batman Forever videos, and I know this is a long shot, and you probably will never see or read this comment. Think again. 
<laughs> but I feel compelled to ask if you guys have ever heard of the Red Book edition of Batman Forever. I swear we talk about it in the in the Batman Forever. I think you movies. do. It is a remarkable fan edit of Batman Forever that uses cutscenes, footage, and attempts to restore the original, darker, more gothic, more fleshed-out version of Batman Forever before Schumacher was ordered by executives to make it more kid-friendly and campy. I acquired this cut of the film, and now I cannot watch the theatrical cut of it anymore. It's a totally different film and far superior. It still has a lot of problems for sure, but it's a tantalizing taste of what could have been. I highly encourage you to get your hands on it and watch it. I would love a deep dive into this specific cut of the movie as well as a review. I love what you guys are doing. I'm a recent subscriber and adore all your content. Cheers. Thanks, man. Thank you. That's um, awesome. I've seen the Red Book edition. I feel like it, it does a little too much with the color grading and a little too much with trying to inject alternate music to it. So it, it, it feels like a fan edit to me. It feels mm. a little too fan edity for me mm -hmm. to, to sort of see it as like a new version of the movie as opposed to, like my favorite is called the work print edition where it's basically, it's just literally putting the deleted scenes back in and using scores from other scenes over it so it almost sort of seamlessly it's not perfect mm -hmm. because of the fact that it, you're still missing certain scenes to set up that major Batcave scene but it's it's a way better I think it's it's a better version than the Red Book Edition I think personally on that nice. um, Rayfin we do have access to another script for Batman Forever now I haven't read it yet but if there is enough stuff then we could revisit it and revisit Batman Forever sometime this summer so stay tuned for that Hell yeah. I'd be down that for it. <laughs> <laughs> Any Batman Forever talk. Jim yeah. Carrey. Have your Jim Carrey Riddler come back for that sketch. That's right. Oh, man. Yeah, you already got the green light <laughs> right now. That's, That's right. <laughs> uh, all right, on to you, Andrew, on the shout-outs. Oh, man. Thanks, everybody, for those comments right there. And then also thank you to our Patreon supporters. Who are Shasta, Leom O, Super Inframan, Douglas P, Dan D., Aaron Willett, Nick Noah, Asgers Webb, Jeffrey R., Eric J., Sketchcraft, sorry we forgot you in the last one, put you in this one from now until eternity, Scott V., and our other supporters, Spark Geddon, SDCT Productions, Robert Schumann, Kuki Noms, Matt Herring, Elijah B., Shamrock Balls, ENH, Walter the Wobot, John Wells, and Rye Guy. <laughs> Please join the Shasta Army. That is the $1 tier, patreon.com slash superheroestuffpod. That's how you can get in our shout-out pool, <laughs> our group of shout-outs. Uh, and then uh, also the $5 tier, you will also be in the shout-outs, but then also get the uh, extra show, whole extra show every Friday um, where we do a deeper dive into many a subject. Please check that out. We're promoting those all the time on the Instagram. Well, basically, Ben is doing that, and I'm just watching. But uh, <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm, I'm, I edit the shit, I guess. Um, but, uh, okay. It's kind of a big deal, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay, forgot about that. All right, so uh, <laughs> superhouse.redpubble.com is uh, one of our stores where you can uh, buy uh, our merch. Um, illustrations by Wolfie, if you remember him. Uh, he, he is. Uh, he did the Ben Man and the uh, Indeed Wizard illustrations. You, uh, you can get merch for that. Um, also on T Public, tpublic.com slash user slash Superhouse Podcast 5000 and Threadless Superhero Stuff Pod.threadless.com. Get all your merch there. Please leave us a review on iTunes. Also, please record a little audio for us on your phone and then send that to 
superhousepodcast at gmail.com. Also, we'd love for you to animate some of our sketches. That would be fucking sweet. Just please put hashtag superhero stuff you should know podcast on the corner somewhere in the video itself. That would be the best way to do it. Uh, but, but yeah, if you want to animate those sketches, fucking have at it. It'd be awesome. Um, just let us know. Um, so, um, yeah, I'm Thunderwolf Drew on Instagram and Twitter. I'm Thunderwolf Lives uh, on YouTube. And check me out on ThunderwolfLives.com. And uh, that is it, uh, Ben. You can follow us on Twitter at SuperHousePod. And you can also follow us on Instagram at SuperHeroStuffPod, which is how we met Zach. You can follow my personal Instagram at BenWanRider, as well as my son, my kitty cat's Instagram, Alfie Pennyworth Cat, where he wears a bow tie. He is my cat butler, and I work for him. Uh, the website <laughs> that I have is BenWanRider.com. Uh, my YouTube channel as well is linked in the comments below, I mean in the description below. And you can also check out, I have an upcoming children's comic called Earl E. Bird that you can check out at the website Earl-E-Bird.com. Over to you, Zach. Instagram, TikTok, YouTube, Zachary Jackson Brown Art. All the same name. That's right. (laughs) And you can find me on ZacharyJacksonBrownArt.com. Are you dancing on TikTok? I really want to know. No, not yet. I haven't got that desperate. (laughs) When you read The Dark Knight Returns, then Zach will do the booty dance. I will. (laughs) Okay, I guess I unlock the universe after I read that comment. That's right. (laughs) (laughs) The anti-life equation. (laughs) (laughs) All right, so thank you very much for joining us. When we come back, we're going to cover everything you might not know about Batfleck. See you then. You're listening to the Geekscape Network.